Pastor Lutzer of Running to Win, heard daily on Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR, Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Carfax do to help you purchase a car. Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. Welcome to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm your host, Bob Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, Tony Joe is with me as he is every Friday to take Car Corner questions. But unfortunately, today we are not going to take Car Corner questions. Every once in a while, we like to uh, kind of back off the, the uh, questions and take some time to go through and thoroughly explain some of the things we've been talking about. And Tony Joe, we've been talking about buying used cars and uh, maybe a, a brand new car if it makes sense we're just talking about how careful that you've got to be in this particular environment and we've we've talked a little bit here and there but today we're going to devote the entire program to talking about this i think it's information people need to know and things you need to consider because you can't go out car shopping thinking that we're in the same environment we were say in 2018 it is a totally different ball game, and you got to be prepared for it. Yeah, you know the thing about now, the I'll tell you what I suspect, and that's car industry has changed simply because of COVID. COVID made a big impact on supply and demand, and how you market cars, and how you sell cars, and especially when it comes to the used car market, which. A lot of folks, the majority of folks, probably are looking at uh, late model used cars as opposed to brand new. Because sure, brand new cars sure. are just, you know, ridiculous. I mean, they're just priced out of the ballpark almost. Yeah, and and uh, it makes me wonder. You know, they 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 of course you you don't want to you don't want to buy a car that is over MSRP. You know, MSRP plus a premium. Then again, you start to think back, well, how much have they increased MSRP over the past couple of years? Mm-hmm. And, and then you start thinking about that, and it's really tough to get that information. And uh, But it, it, it's, it, I think that I really do believe, and this was pre-COVID, post-COVID, whatever, you've got to do your homework, and you have to do it the right way, which means making good decisions without that emotional filter. You know, it, it's funny if you think about it. Now, this has happened to me before we'll go before doing our homework or I'll kind of done my homework we'll just happen to pop into a dealership and you can get really caught up in the well let's go ahead and get, we, could, we could go ahead and get this car I'm sure it'll check out okay everything will be fine and it's easy to fall in that trap yeah um, the thing is <clears throat> what a lot of folks probably fall into in that line of thinking that you just described was you know, I've noticed that the supply and demand is really kind of controlled now as before it never it was pretty much hey, here's what we got available and you know, we got more coming in next week and blah blah blah, but 
There's so much that a dealership has to deal with, Bob. And when I'm not getting off topic here, I just want to explain that when a car sits on the lot for a certain amount of time, it they've got to pay what we call floor tax on that vehicle. You know, it's all amounted, uh, it's all dependent upon how long the car's been there. It's how much they have to have for the car to come out with a profit. And then the supply is kind of tight and you take it now or we may not have any more. So there's a little bit of pressure going on and the availability sometimes is a little tight. So it kind of entices you into making a snap decision when sometimes you may not do that. So you've got to really, like you said, do your homework. You go in there prepared. God blesses a prepared person. So unfortunately, the dog ate my homework, but (laughs) I do the best I can. I just want to tell people that, you know, it is imperative now that you have that car checked. It's either if it's pre, pre if it's certified, then okay, I, I, I can go with that. But if it's not, then you want to be sure that you're buying, that the product that you're buying is a good, whether you're paying a good deal on interest and all that is none of my business, but the product needs to be tested and checked by somebody that knows what they're looking for. Because you can have one minor detail that hasn't uncovered any kind of a warning light or anything like that. And bingo, you've got, you know, you just bought this car and now you've got real issues in the transmission or something like that. So just buyer beware. you gotta, you got to take a little more time to research the, the, uh, the, the mm-hmm. whole endeavor now. Yeah, and uh, of course, a Carfax, which we've talked about here over the last two or three weeks, brought this up, is is a report on each car that uh, if you go on a site like autotrader.com, you you can find Carfax reports for free, which is really nice. And uh, it tells you a very important date. You've just mentioned it, is how long has that car been sitting on uh, the dealer's lot? And you know you got to remember while it's sitting there, it's costing them money. They don't want to. They don't want to be holding on cars. And it's it's interesting to watch as a car may be on the lot 45 to 45, 50, 60 days. How all of a sudden, how aggressive as aggressive as they'll be in this 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 environment mm-hmm. uh, is as far as bringing that price down, trying to get rid of that car. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're being uh, manipulative. They're just trying to conduct business like everybody else you know they're trying to make a profit pay their bills and conduct business and it they're forced into some of these things and it's interesting the dynamics of how it works so as long as you know a little bit about how it works you can understand a little bit of the negotiation process and why they're doing what they're doing and what their motivation is. You know, what's interesting, and you see a lot of advertising on commercials, TV commercials about online buying, buying something sight unseen except for the pictures, and then ha- then they, they, they do the paperwork over electronic signatures over the phone, uh, through, I mean, through your phone, through your tablet, computer, and then they just bring that car out and drop it off in your front, in your front yard and it's yours. I've always kind of had a, you know, um, I don't know say an issue with that, but for to me, I would rather go into a dealership and and drive it, check it out, make sure that it's okay. But it seems like this is kind of the trend 
where at least part of the industry is going. Okay, let me start by saying I didn't even know that could that existed. Okay. I didn't know you could do that, but you're up on this stuff, and that's fine. Although I see an awful lot of issues trying to buy a car like that. Now sure. I I know technology is catching up with people, and this is the new way to do things. And my kids will tell me, Dad, you know, catch up. This is how you do it now. Boy, I see a lot of problems with that, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're telling me that that's how you can buy cars now, then I would take a second look at convenience doing and that. quickness. Well, you know, a convenience store is convenient most of the time, but the prices are higher. You're paying for the cost of convenience. And I would hate to see somebody, just because it's convenient, get stuck with a model that has uh, nothing but trouble and they're regretting the day they bought that car sight unseen without being able I just couldn't do it I can't drive it I can't uh, get the feel of it I can't uh, that just seems <clears throat> wrong in so many levels <laughs> I just can't I could never do that so one of the things that the, the uh, Carfax does show you is how many owners had, it, uh, has, has used this car over, over time you know there's you can go uh They'll, they'll, they'll talk about it if it's a one-owner car, which is a good thing. But then you'll you'll see cars that are four, five-owner deep. Uh, what's your what's your concern with that from a risk standpoint of buying a car like a pre-owned car? Well, now it depends on each individual case, but there can be valid reasons for multi-owners in a short period of time. I'm not saying there can't be. However, when you see something like that, you got to take a step back and really study the Carfax report. I think we were talking a few weeks ago about a car. You and I were talking about a car, some car that <clears throat> had a fax, Carfax report that had been purchased and went to a different city, and the dealership there did some work on it, and then it was sold, and then shortly after that it showed up again uh, at another dealership in Houston or something where they did some service work on it, and then it was sold. And I remember asking you, Bob, do you smell anything funny there? Look at all the owners or the several owners that car had in such a short period of time. What is it about that car that people buy it and then they want to get rid of it? There's something about that car. Now, Carpac's report didn't show any big collision, any damage, any big problems. But either there's... Something about that car, I, re I distinctly remember, there, there was either a noise, a smell, something about that car, the way it drove, uh, there was something about that particular car that people didn't like. I could tell by just looking at the Carfax report and seeing how long they owned it, then they traded it in or sold it, then they owned, somebody else bought it, and they got rid of it a couple of months later, it shows up here, it shows up there, I'm like, wow, this car... Yeah. Nobody wants this car once they buy it. You know, something else that they, it could be uh, circumstantial. It could be a situation where there's really nothing wrong with the car. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a it's a red flag for you to take a step back and say, okay, I either need more information or I need to move on. Correct, and that's a perfect example of why you would never buy a car online like that. Right. You know what I mean? What you were talking about previously. I, you know, you just got to drive it. You've got to be able to experience the car and make sure it fits you and make sure, you know, you can park it and you drive it. And 
you know, I, there's so many things about a car. We all know that. But uh, there's Carfax reports, and you got to really study them. You really put a little time into it. Don't just breeze through it and say, well, I didn't see any big accidents, so that means it must be okay. Well, not necessarily. You know what's interesting, and you've taught me this, <laughs> is that uh, looking down the, the history of the car, and you'll see a, a, a service that's, that was done on the car, and you'll see that the water pump was replaced at you know 10,000 miles. Mm. And certain parts were replaced. And, and you can look at It's funny because I looked at that a totally different way than you did, and you opened my eyes to that is that I looked at that, oh, great, the, the water pump is not something I would ever have to worry about. The The belts are, are brand new. That's good stuff. One more thing. Yeah. So, but you go, eh, look at it from this way. Talk, talk about that. Okay. The thing that I noticed was they had all these parts put on the car, which you and a lot of people may interpret as a good thing. However, the car only had like 30,000 miles on it. Right. Or maybe less. Well, why would you be putting these kind of parts? See, that's where you got to have a little bit of research done. A water pump on a car will go, at, you know, depending on the maintenance and all that. Water pumps generally don't fail ever, unless there's extenuating circumstances, a severe overheating reaction that the the water pump bearing went out or seal or something so you got to kind of look at these things in terms of is that a normal item that you would expect to replace about then sure a water pump can wear out after 150,000 miles you can need a water pump nothing wrong with that but not at 29,000 that's just something's wrong there some right. there was a reason for that what was the underlying cause and the uh one other thing that uh, far, uh, Carfax does show is the part of the country that the car's been in, and so obviously, you know, down near near where we are, you know, you have you know, ocean, you have flooding, you have all that type of thing. That that's one issue, but up north you have the uh, ice and the mm -hmm. salt, and uh, what kind of what kind of a problem does that present or could present? Yeah, well the presents different problems and being from both areas of the country i'm somewhat familiar with you know the problems you see with northern vehicles that are exposed to sand and salt on the roads they do have brine i'm sure they use that but they use a lot of sand and salt back in my day which caused a lot of issues with rust you know one thing was rust on the on the underside of the car frame and inside of the fender wells and so forth. Now, a lot of things are made of plastic. You don't experience that as much anymore. But what you what does concern me a lot is a lot of electronic stuff is bolted to the underbody of the vehicle, or at least very low. Now, to prevent damage, see, salt is very bad for electronic wires and equipment and things like that. So to prevent some of the issues that come up with that, they put these plastic shields under the car. Well, that's great. However, the plastic shields come off all the time. People hit curbs or run over the grocery store curb. You pull up too much, and then when you back up, you can kind of rip that little shield, tear it a little bit, and then it starts getting worse and worse and worse. Usually they're just fastened with plastic rivets. So eventually 
some of the folks out there listening right now may have experienced where you drive in and you hear this terrible noise underneath your car and you look and that plastic shield has fallen down and you're just dragging it. A lot of times those things just get repl- uh, removed, not removed and replaced, just removed. So when that happens, you're exposing the underside of that undercarriage with a lot of moisture and salt and in this particular case up north salt and gravel and snow and uh, water and just terrible things that you really don't want hitting the power the electric power steering system and the computers that are hung underneath the car for anti-lock brakes things like that so you end up with some expensive problems that shield protects an awful lot of expensive equipment and when you rip it off because you're in a hurry in the middle of nowhere and you just never put it back on or don't go get a new one and have it put on you're exposing the car to some expensive problems later down the road that's why the shield's there that's why it needs to be put back on so i always look at stuff like that that shield's been gone i look really close at the connections on some of the computers and some of the processors under the car and i look really close to see if they're corroded damaged you know the wires are starting to fray from the insulation coming off then you have you know bare wires exposed there's all kinds of issues that stem from that and that's why you got to look at northern cars a little different nothing wrong with them you generally have great interiors in northern cars because they're not beat up by the sun however you do have other issues so it's a wash it's a balance some things on a Texas car, for instance, you know, you've got different issues that you want to look at. Up north, you got exhaust systems that rot out from sand and, you know, uh, salt and stuff on the roads. What I just described about wiring and computers and things that hang low underneath the car that aren't protected by the shield anymore. These things all concern me because they can all be real, real expensive nowadays. You know what concerns me is the, the fact that you, we've talked about this uh, before, and it's worth bringing up again, that a flooded car does not necessarily, if a car goes through a flood event and, uh, and they're able to clean it out and everything, that does not necessarily hit the car fax. No, that doesn't necessarily have to be reported, especially if there's no insurance on the car at the time. So if you experience this, that's another concern that I might just point out real quick, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but if a car gets in a flooded condition off the coast, uh, down in Galveston or, you know, somewhere south Texas, that's salt water. Now, if a car gets flooded from a lake in the interior somewhere, which is fresh water, uh, I would rather have a freshwater a flooded car than a saltwater flooded car simply because what we described about the salt salt is terrible for electronic equipment it gets into the wires and like cancer just starts growing down the wires and making terrible things amongst the electronic system that you are going to just face time and time again encounter problems things coming up warning lights coming on i mean issues that aren't normal okay unnormal issues that are hard to diagnose hard to repair expensive so try to stay away from that kind of a 
situation, if at all possible. Be really, really sure that you do your homework or have someone check the car before you buy it. Couple th- a couple of things I want to close the program down with and talk, make sure that we, we go over. And we talked about this before, but once again, I think it's worth bringing back up. Is that just because a car has been in an accident doesn't necessarily make it a bad car and uh, one that you want to stay away from. And uh, talk about the really there's a value to that because the, the car dealer pays less for it. And then uh, they know that you're looking at the car facts. And uh, you ex- expect a little bit less as well. So mm-hmm. it could, could be a good thing. You know, this is kind of interesting. And I know we've touched on this before, but I want to point out to people about why and how car repair body work is so expensive. Because I've heard people say, wow, I can go 10 miles an hour and did $5,000 worth of damage to my car. <laughs> how are they building cars now? They're so cheap. No, that's not it. The reason that you can do so much damage to a car at a slow speed is because the way they're designed now, they're designed for safety. They're designed with crumple zones and void areas in there that are designed to fold up and take the impact so that you don't have to. I want to point out again to everybody next time you see a wreck somewhere, how many times you notice everybody's out of the car walking around calling mom or dad or husband on the cell phone and they're fine. Okay, look at it from that angle. That is really the most important thing. Now, going back to the, my point is, yeah, you can see an accident on a Carfax, and it can have a fender and a hood and a headlight. You know what? That's pretty normal. That doesn't mean the car was totaled and the frame was bent and it's never going to be the same again. It doesn't take much to run up a pretty big bill on a my what I would consider a minor accident. So be careful when you look at that from that perspective as well. Don't discount the car and not buy it just because it has been in an accident. And then we're going back around to Bob's point, which is now you can negotiate a little bit. You know, the dealer knows it. You know it. It's got the Carfax report. So, you know, keep in mind that, yeah, you can get a little bit money off on it and you can probably get a discount you can do a little haggling but it's not that bad you the product itself if it's been fixed and painted and it looks good to you then who cares i mean minor accidents happen so they also in in closing here they talk about the odometer and if there's any problems with the odometer i I didn't think about it actually rolling over how uncomfortable would you be buying a car that was that was showing that one of the things you can have tested bob on cars uh, a lot of the vehicles now store that information in the computer memory they have either hours of operation which you can kind of calculate to miles or they have a mileage interval counter that you can test the mileage of the vehicle what the computer says against what the odometer says but most of the time that is a non-issue these days this is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. I hope that uh, it was helpful. Uh, Tony, Joe, and I are just taking a little bit of time to go over some of the topics we talk about. We don't really uh, – we talk about so many different things during the program. We don't stay focused. Maybe focused is a good word, Tony, Joe. On the uh, Ford focus? <laughs> that's right. Uh, focused on uh, the <clears> – <throat> one main topic so uh, you know, it's one of the things we really wanted to talk about today because it is very important 
that you are careful in the car buying decision. It's an, it, and that's one, one of the reasons that uh, we've done the Car Corner Edition for so long is because the, the, an automobile is one of the most expensive things that you'll buy uh, in your lifetime. You want to make sure that you have a good running knowledge of how everything works, especially the uh, what's going on in today's environment and in the the car uh, the car purchase process. So, if you got any questions for me, you can always go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com and send a question in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time. Keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money. Prudent.